Happy Easter. It's great to be able to come and share the word of God with us today. I want to begin by asking you to cast your mind back, if you remember, to uh, last summer, which was the Euro 2020 Championship, though it was a year delayed. Uh, England found themselves in the final. If you're in this country, you certainly wouldn't have been able to escape that fact. We beat the Germans, we beat Ukraine, we beat Denmark. We now face Italy in the final and there was excitement. We were certain, we felt confident, I should say, that we were going to go and win. We scored the first goal really early. It was, all things looked great. But lo and behold, Italy scored an equaliser. Extra time came and went and we found ourselves in a horrific penalty shootout, which more often than not ends in tears for, for us England fans, and it did. And just when we thought we was going to have victory, there was despair. I often say that the cameramen in these events are just cruel because they'll find the fan, they'll kind of show you the, the excited fan who's, who's won, who's in victory, and there's celebration and joy and laughter and, and, and kind of all this greatness, and then they'll pan it onto the fan who's lost, who's in tears and is just downcast and there's sorrow and despair and agony and you kind of see this contrast and life sometimes can feel like that there can be moments when you felt like you were going to win times when you felt like all the things that you had your hope in is all coming together and then at the last minute it's pulled away suddenly at the last minute you're like ah that didn't happen the way I, I thought it was going to happen that didn't go uh, according to plan you're an England fan, you felt like that many, many times. Um, but in life, you can, we can feel like that often, many different ways. Well, the reason I share that is because I want us today to spend a little bit of time on Easter Sunday looking at the first 24 hours after Jesus has risen and look a little bit about how did the disciples, Jesus' mates, his friends react? Because for them, they felt like they were on the winning team. They felt like they were, everything was kind of on a victory march. Things were going great. They got this leader that's doing these amazing things. And then suddenly, at the last minute, he's arrested and killed. And just as they thought they were going to be on the winning team, now they're on, the, on what it seems like to be the losing team. And so I want us to journey with, well, what was it like for them? What were they kind of, how were they, processing all of that and, and what were they doing and, and and I guess when we see that what what can we learn from that because you'll see that within that there's lots of lessons to be learned and so I want us to spend 24 hours journeying with the disciples I'm not going to speak for 24 hours but just look at those first 24 hours and, and I guess the initial scene is that Je it's, it's, it's a Sunday Jesus has risen even that is a statement Jesus rose from the grave and Mary has gone to sort out the tomb and Jesus has revealed himself to Mary. She can't believe it. And she's starting to get really excited and beginning to spread the news about Jesus to a few others. And that's where we're going to pick up the story. We're going to read from John's gospel. Uh, John was someone who walked with Jesus, knew Jesus, and he wrote down all the things that he saw. And so he records in John 20, verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and he stood among them and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. 
And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they're forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. This is God's word. So the passage begins, we're told that it's the evening on the first day of the week. That is Sunday. Okay, the, for, for the Jewish people, uh, even today, the Sabbath is the Saturday. And so it's Sunday, it's in the evening, uh, the, the, the first day of the week. Like I said, Mary's already been to the tomb and it was kind of begin to pre prepare it. And, and Jesus appeared to her. But we get that the, the disciples, it says, it says they had locked themselves away. The, the doors were locked, it says, for fear of the Jews. You can only imagine how things have gone on. The disciples, like I said, they thought they were on the winning team. And now their Messiah has been arrested, stripped, beaten, killed. You, you can only imagine how the last couple of days have been. There would have been tears. There would have been pain. There would have been confusion. There would have been worry and anxiety. I imagine there would have been just real raw emotion and, and accusation. You know, you denied him. You deserted him. Why did this happen? I can't. There would have probably been little arguments. You're trying to put yourself in their shoes. This would have been huge news. Their leader, the one that, that was going to come and, 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 and defeat the Romans, the one that was going to come and usher in a new kingdom, the one that was doing all these amazing miracles and healing people, suddenly he's just been arrested and killed. And, and, and it says that they'd locked, they, they locked themselves away. It, it doesn't tell us where. I imagine in one of their houses or, or, or an ally's house. And, they, and the reason why they've locked themselves away is because they were scared. We know what it's like to be locked down, actually. More than if I you know, spoke on this three or four years ago. To be locked down uh, because of fear, well, many of us will, will know that feeling. To be, to, to be isolated. They were fearful because they were scared of the Jews. Man, if this is what they've done to our leader, Jesus, they, they might come after us. People might say that we're enemies of Rome. They're, they're, they're going to come after us and try and kill us as well or try and arrest us. So they're, they're gripped by fear. And fear can be a paralyzing emotion. When, when you're fearful, it can really grip you. Many of us would have experienced that in the last couple of years. It, it can stop you moving forward. It can stop you kind of taking initiative. It can stop you moving in faith. It can stop you. The, the, they were just... They shut themselves off. We're closed down. We're locked away. We're, we're, we're scared. We know that. You're oftentimes, even in our society, fear is still a very powerful emotion. Often the media and news can, fear often in that can paralyze us. It's such a strong emotion. Many of us at different times would have, would have been fearful. Imagine even you, that there might have been things that have, have caused you to be fearful. Some maybe silly things. But we know how powerful it is, phobia. People have got fears of phobias and things like that. There's like what seems like a really small thing that like I cannot. You ever try to get someone to do something they're really scared of doing? It's like you, sometimes you, you, there's, there's almost nothing strong, no stronger resistance than fear. Try and get someone who's got a phobia of spiders to go into a room near a spider. It's like no matter how hard you convince them, they're not going. You can even try and drag them and suddenly they get this superhuman strength. It's like I'm not going in there. And this is how the disciples were, they're fearful. And what I find really interesting is that in the midst of that fear, in, in, in the middle of that kind of panic and worry and concern, 
What happens? Jesus turns up. The next verse literally says, Jesus came and stood among them. Jesus knew who they were. He knew what they were going through. He knew their concerns. And in the midst of it, he comes. He's a God who comes to his people. That's the whole story of the Bible. That God, very God, takes on flesh and comes to his people. He comes to them. And, and you know what? I'll say it's the same for me and you. Jesus comes to us. Jesus is with us. In fact, it's a, it's a promise of scripture. Jesus, God promises throughout scripture. Deuteronomy 31.6, he says, I promise you, I will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus is, in many ways, fulfilling that promise here. He's saying, I'm promising, I promised you I'll never leave you or forsake you. Here I am. And he, and he comes and he, and, he, and he stands amongst them. And in many ways, he's, he's fulfilling his promises. He delivers on his promise. And so then, then he arrives and, and, and it doesn't tell us how we, how we got there. Sometimes we can get too caught up on that. But, but I love it. He, like, he doesn't knock. He doesn't kick the door down or break in. He's just there. He ain't a this is not a ghost or spirit. In a few moments, he'll show him his hands and his scars. He's, he's physically there amongst them. And now that he's physically there, we'll see that there's some things that he wants to... Jesus is going to communicate some things with his disciples. He's going to tell them some things. These are his closest friends. And I think there's three, there's three things for us to draw out for whoever we are of what Jesus teaches them and tries to show them in his presence. The first thing is the very first words that Jesus chooses to say to his disciples after he's risen from the grave. The first thing, it's the first meeting he's had with them. What's the first thing he says? He says it here, peace be with you. This was a, a common greeting in Middle Eastern times. Shalom, you know, used even still to this day, shalom. But, but this is more than just a greeting that Jesus is saying here. This is not just a hello, shalom. He's, he's, he's trying to bring something in. Peace was the essence of his work, of what he came to do. Jesus was called the Prince of Peace. Throughout John, you read in John 14, he says, Peace I came to give to you. You're in John 16. I've told you this for your peace. Jesus was about someone who he said, I want to deliver peace. And when Jesus delivers peace, he's faithful to do so. Over the last couple of years, more than ever, being married to Sylvia, one of the things I learned is that um, one of the benefits is that I've pretty much got on first name term basis with the Amazon delivery bloke. Like, I <laughs> there's actually things coming and the ASOS guy as well pretty, you know we're like first name basis because he's delivering so much stuff to my house I, I can't I don't understand how you can order that many things but that's another issue but all of us would have experienced the inconsistency sometimes with deliveries companies now will promise to deliver things right they will make uh, time and time again you know we've all been there where you pay extra for it to be delivered by this time in fact there was one time when I was ordering a, a gift for Sylvia a Christmas gift and I thought, well, I can't get it delivered to the house because she might, you know, I don't really order stuff like that. So she's thinking, why well, has Joe ordered something from wherever it was? So I thought, you know what, I'll get it ordered to the church office. And I paid extra to get it delivered by 5 p.m. the next day or whatever. So you think, great, well, 5 p.m. is rolling around. It's, not, it's still not there. You're on the track thing. You're trying to track it. So I called them up and they're like, oh, yeah, so it's going to delay. It'll come tomorrow. I'm thinking, oh, no, leaving it a bit tight. But that's okay. I can deal with that. 
Well, I get home and I get a text message about 9.30 at night. The bloke's delivered it at the church and just left it outside. So rogue. I'm thinking, what's... So I have to jump in the car, fly down. Thankfully, no one nicked it. It was an expensive gift. We've all had it kind of, I guess, circumstances, scenarios where people promise you to deliver something and they don't fulfill that promise. Right? We've all probably been there. Jesus is not like that. He promised time and time again to his disciples, I'm going to bring you peace. And then when he comes here, the first thing he wants to say to him is, peace be with you. And this peace, I think, comes in two different ways. The first is, is peace in that moment. Jesus wanted to let them know, in that moment, they're full of fear and worry, anxiety. What's going on? You've been killed. We're locked in our house. They would have been anxious, worried, concerned. And in that moment, he just wants to come and say, just know peace. Peace be with you. And, and this is beyond, you know, when we think of peace now, we, we often think of, I don't know, a, a spa weekend or a day at the beach or these kind of things that bring, this is beyond that. He's, he's talking about this kind of internal, come on, you need to know real peace. And so that's the first thing. But, but the second thing that Jesus is talking about here is, is actually the most important one if we're going to come to peace. What they don't realise is he's talking about peace with God. The last words before Jesus dies, when Jesus is, is hanging on the cross, the very last words that he says, it is finished. They're the last words that Jesus says, it is finished. And in the first words that he says after he's risen from the grave, that we get recorded to his disciples here, is peace be with you. The last... What Jesus is saying is that in the end, he's saying, what was finished? Jesus is saying that the, the, the power of sin and darkness and death is finished. It's been defeated. The hostility that man has had with God because of our wrongdoing, because of our sin, these things are finished. I've dealt with them. I've, by, by me dying, by me taking those things to the cross, I've dealt with those things and they've been finished. And what Jesus does is he enables us, you and I, to have peace with God. One of the main things Jesus came to do was to make, to reconcile, to, to fix the relationship, to bridge the gap between man and between God, that we may have peace with him, that we may know him, that we may have relationship with him. This is what Jesus is getting at. He's saying, not only can we just have peace, Jesus said, no, you can have peace with God. Which changes everything. Because let me tell you this now, we'll talk frankly. The only th whoever you, whoever's watching, whoever's engaging with this, who, the one thing that you and I have in common is that we're going to die. The one thing. Death escapes no man, no woman. Each one of us will die. That's a guarantee. One of the only guarantees. You think, can someone guarantee a delivery to a parcel on time? I don't know, but I can guarantee it sounds morbid, but we're all going to die. And when we die, we will stand before God. And in that moment, we will either have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done, because we all will be considered enemies of God. It's one or the other. And what Jesus Christ came to do is he came to say, you know what? I've come to make a way for you to have peace with God. That If you believe in me, if you follow me, if you trust me, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your background is. If you repent of that, if you turn away from that and trust in my name, you can have peace with God. But if you don't do that, then you're an enemy of God. 
you will face God's judgment and you will face his wrath when you stand before him. That's the reality. And Jesus says, I've finished, I've defeated all of these things. Now come that you may have peace. There's an opportunity for all of us today to know that peace with God. Because having peace with God, knowing Jesus, is more than just a ticket to heaven, by the way. It's not just, oh, great, Jesus has come now. I'll, I'll get a ticket to heaven. No, it, it, it changes your entire life, the peace that you have in life when you know God. It, it transcends and changes everything. That's what Easter means. Easter, what does Easter mean? Easter, it doesn't mean bunnies and, and eggs. And all. Easter means peace with God. That's what Easter really means. Easter means that you're on the winning team. Think about the football game. Easter means that you didn't even play in the match. You were sitting on the subs bench. You didn't even get on to play. Yet you get to enjoy the victory parade because you're on the winning team because Jesus has won and done it all when he dies on the cross and rises again. You get to be, you get a winner's medal around your neck. You're in the open top parade, putting your trophy in the air saying, I'm on the victory team. I didn't even play, I didn't even do anything. Jesus done it all. That's what Easter means. That's what Christ comes in. You may have peace. And then Jesus kind of shows them his sides, it says. After doing that, he's, he's showing them his hands and his sides. He's, he's basically showing them peace with you. This is why. My hand, because my hands were pierced. Because my side was... They, they put a spear in his side to make sure he was dead. Jesus said, because of the wounds... This is actually me. Look, I'll show you the... I've been... By, by my hand, I've been pierced that you may be free. I've been killed that, that you may have life. And so he's showing them his wounds. And the disciples, it says, when they see them, it says, they were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus tells them again, peace be with you. I bet they were glad. Can you imagine this? Like, this, is, this is actually Jesus. What you said was going to happen has happened. So, this, is, this is him. They were buzzing. They were excited. They, they probably grab him and hug him. And wow, this is actually Jesus. It's a fulfillment of, of John 16, 20, where it says uh, the world will be rejoicing, but you'll be weeping. But then there'll be a time instead of weeping, they'll be rejoicing. So right now they're like, man, it's, it's back on. It, it kind of is all going to plan again. They were excited and exuberant. And, they, and, and, and so they, they see him and... And so Jesus says, peace be with you again. So that's the first thing that Jesus comes. The first thing that you get from Jesus on Easter Sunday is peace. The second thing that we get from Jesus is purpose. He says in, in, in verse 21, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. You know, Jesus came with a mission. Jesus came to earth with a rescue mission. He wanted to save mankind. He wanted to bring peace between men and God and reconcile us that we may have peace. And he's achieved his mission. He's like, I've, I've done what the Father sent me to do. I've, I've finished it. I've completed it. He's like, now I've, I've got a mission for you. I've got a purpose for you. Jesus comes to give us purpose. You see, we, we can go through this world in, in, in so many ways, kind of just meandering through, not... Like, why are we even here? Is there all per you know, what is the purpose of life? Just make a few quid, have a few nice holidays, get a nice house for yourself and then die? Is that, is that the purpose of life? Just do well with what you got and, you know, try and have a good time? There must be more than that. 
And, and what Jesus is trying to show his disciples is that we're caught up in the mission of God. We're caught up in, in many ways. Jesus is saying, when you have peace with God, not only is it that, but I, I want you to be my representative. I want you to be uh, part of the team. I want to call you into something which is spreading the good news, spreading the, the light of Jesus throughout the world. He said, the Father sent me and now I'm sending you. Easter Sunday means peace with God, but it also is the time where we see, this is, the, this is like the launch pad of the church. This is the, the, the first initial sending of the church. This is, you know, whoever we are, we come and we're reminded again on Easter Sunday, whether we're Christian or not, when we're, actually, yeah, I've got a mission to do. I've got a purpose. God has, not only has he given me peace with God, he's given me a purpose for my life. I have something to live for. That you are sent one. And so he says, I'm, I'm, I'm sending you out. And so the, the second thing we see is purpose. He's giving me something to do, somewhere to go. And then the third thing that we see Jesus do, so he gives him peace, he gives him a purpose. The final thing he gives him is power. He says this, when he said this, he breathed on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. If you said, then he says, if you if you forgive the sins of anyone, they're forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it's withheld. Jesus wants to equip them with a power. He's he's breathing on them. He's he's in many ways. Jesus knows that that you and I we are unable to do the mission that he's called us to do in and of our own strength. We 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 we're too quick to tap out. I mean, look at the disciples. They didn't have really much about them. They they'd thrown the towel in. They 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 they'd tapped out. They weren't like Mary. Mary had been down to the tomb and was hopeful. They're not, they were locked themselves away. We're scared. We're panicking. They're, they're, they're tapped out. They weren't impressive men. They were cowards, most of them, fearful. But suddenly, Jesus said, no, I want you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to receive the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. That the only hope you've got to fulfill the task that I'm giving you is by the Holy Spirit that I'm going to breathe on you. And so he does. He, he equips them. And even you and I, we are equipped with the Holy Spirit to fulfill the purpose that God has for our lives. We are equipped with it. And so he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And so we see that, that as he comes, that's the third thing that he equips him with. He, he gives us peace. He gives him purpose. And he gives him power. And then finally, as we, as we kind of come into close, he, he says this line, you know, if you forgive the sins of anyone, you're forgiven. And it's quite a strange line because essentially what Jesus is saying is that when, when you tell of my work, when you speak of who I am and the things that I've done, when you do that in the power of the spirit that I've given you, when you tell others, when you tell your friends and your neighbours and your colleagues and your family members and the, and the person at the school gates and someone on the bus, and when you share who I am and what I've done, you're presenting someone with the opportunity to have peace with God and to be forgiven. And if they accept the things that you say, and if they listen to you and hear you and receive you, then they will be forgiven. But if they don't, he says, if you, they won't be. Forgiveness will be withheld from them. Which, on this occasion, on let's say this Easter Sunday means this, that the words that I'm sharing to you today, what, what you make of this message of me, a, a, a pretty bog-standard regular bloke, sharing with you the gospel of Jesus, that he's come to reconcile and give us peace, and that whoever you are, you can receive that if you follow him and put your trust in him. What you make of this will determine 
how you stand before God will determine whether you have peace with him and can know the purpose for him in your life or whether uh, you will not know him. And so I want to encourage, I want to plead with you. I want to, I guess, encourage you to receive this word. To know that whoever you are, you can have peace with God. That you can have his peace. You can have the purpose and you can receive power. Whoever you are today, why don't you receive Christ, whether for the first time or hundredth time. Why don't you receive this invitation from Jesus and know the peace that comes from God. Let me quickly pray. Lord, we thank you that we can have peace that comes from God. We thank you that you came on a rescue mission to save and ransom us. And you have saved and rescued us. And Lord, I want to pray for all of us. May we know that peace in our own life. In all that's going on, may we know the inner peace, but also may we know again that we have peace with God because of what Jesus has done. May we again get caught up in the purposes of God to run after you. And may we know that we are equipped again with the power of God that comes from the Holy Spirit. We pray these precious things in Jesus' name.